This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 90 of Go To Grandma. I'm your host, Kathy Buckworth, as we delve into all things that grandparents and grandparent wannabes need to know. This show is airing on April 29th, 2023, and it's for all the grandmas and granddads who want to have fun with their grandkids, and that's all of us, right? Award-winning children's author Carolyn Fernandez joins us to talk about her latest book in the Grammasaurus series. This isn't your ordinary grandma. As she makes her way out to different adventures with her grandkids, the museum, the aquarium, and now the supermarket, she can't help but transform into a different type of dinosaur every time she sneezes. This puts her in some fun predicaments, but also allows the kids to learn about the different dinosaurs and their distinctive features in a fun way. Maybe we need to start using the term dinosaur in a positive way when talking about grandmas and granddads. She'll also give us some recommendations for great young adult fiction you might want to introduce to older grandkids who've outgrown picture books. One granddad who took his grandkids, both when they were young and as they grew to young adults, out to museums and other places IRL, that's in real life if you don't know, was Smiley Buckland, a retired CEO and now working actor. He's going to tell us about his special granddad days and why he felt it was so important to take each of his four grandchildren out to new and surprise outings, once a month, individually and why he says that time wasn't all about them. Inspiration for all granddads and grandmas out there on fun and adventurous real-life ways to connect with your grandkids no matter their age. Getting out of the house is fun, but getting into the housing market isn't always easy. Today on our Take 5 with RBC interview, we review the results of the latest RBC home ownership poll and why the spring market this year may be quite different than what we normally see. What I like to normally see is a coffee in front of me as I get ready to have some grand fun with my first guest, Carolyn Fernandez, up next. Award-winning children's author Carolyn Fernandez writes books for young readers. Her latest books, The Adventures of Grammasaurus at the Supermarket and Asha and Baz Meet Hedy Lamar, are now available where you buy books. Good morning, Carolyn Fernandez. Thanks so much for coming back on Go To Grandma. It's nice to see you again, Kathy. And Thanks. you're in studio, which is so exciting. And you brought me some books, which I'm very excited about. Book treats are always good, aren't they? They're yeah. always good with grandkids, no matter what their age. But we're going to start off today, of course, with your book series, The Adventures of Grandma Saurus. I remember when the first one came out. This is the third in a series, and it's at the supermarket. So first of all, let's start at the beginning. What inspired you to, I don't know, turn a grandma into a dinosaur on a regular basis? I know. Doesn't it sound so super ageist. It's not It's not no. meant to be. Actually, the first ever field trip that my daughter went on, my mom was the volunteer. And I thought it was really cool that a grandma could always... So in the Grandma Source series, grandma's always going on field trips with her grandkids because grandmas are active and they're funny and they're kind of mischievous. In this book, grandma's also kind of magical. And every time she inhales a little bit of dust of wherever she is, she sneezes herself into different dinosaurs. And I thought it would be kind of fun, A, for the learning, because kids love dinosaurs. And B, it's a really neat rural reversal book where her grandkids have to keep track of her when they're out in a public setting. Because you know, whenever you've taken your kids to the museum or the supermarket, 
you're always saying you got to stay in my eye distance. I got to know where you are. And in, in all of these books, grandma is the one who's like jetting off and the kids are the ones who have to herd her back in. Yeah, it's a really fun series. The first one's the museum, correct? Uh, the, yeah, the first one they go to is Grammasaurus at the museum. Uh, second one, Grammasaurus at the Aquatic Rescue Center. Oh, right. Yes. And now they are going to the supermarket because what do you find at the supermarket? It's herbivores omnivores and carnivores. My grandsons are vegan and they're old enough to say, Grandma, are you a carnivore? It's quite funny, actually. So they know the difference. So, And some of that comes from these books and I'm flipping to the back of your current one and it's the same as the other ones where you actually show the different dinosaurs that Grandma transforms herself into during the course of the book. Yeah, it, 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 there's a really neat little appendix at the mm-hmm. back that the illustrator Shannon O'Toole creates for each of the books. And in each of the books we have different dinosaurs, which is really neat too. And so at the supermarket market, you can use the appendix to say, hey, can you find this dinosaur in the story? And the kids can kind of do like a, a look and match after you read it, which I think is a fun aspect. I think it's awesome. And you have another one planned. Yeah, there's another one coming <laughs> out. I think it's coming out in 2024. Okay. Grammasaurus goes to the airport. Very fun. Because you get to get the pterodactyls. Right. You're right. In every setting, there's different sea creatures or, you know, ones that fly, et cetera. So That's exactly it's a great way to learn about dinosaurs and kids have loved dinosaurs. Forever. So it's wonderful. love dinosaurs. And what's not better than going out for an afternoon with grandma? That was always a huge thing for my kids to have like grandma time just with their own and to have a whole book series dedicated to that, I think is a really fun idea. I think it's great. And you don't, of course, just write this series. You've written tons of books, Carolyn. I've known you for a long time. I remember you writing some of the first ones, Activities for Kids, which are also great books for grandchildren. Mm -hmm. But you've also branched into writing books for, I'm going to call it young adult or, or youth fiction, maybe you could describe it better for me, but your Asha and Baz series. Tell me about that. I'm really excited about this series. Asha and Baz is being, it's actually an early reader chapter book series. So really it's targeted for grades one to three, but with the pandemic, we actually know that a lot of middle grade kids are like a little bit delayed in their reading. Mm. So this would work really well for a middle grader in a high-low aspect because it's high interest, high action, low vocabulary, low sentence structure. So those kids who have a little bit of reluctancy in their reading, they might be able to get through these better. And what I really love about these books is that it features a woman in history, a real life woman in history who has made a fantastic achievement in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math, and they haven't been recognized for it. So in the series, Ash and Baz are two kids who are in science class. Their great teacher, Ms. Wilson, always gives them a class challenge, and the kids use a magic stick to travel back in time. And the magic stick always takes them to an expert in that activity. So in the first book, the kids went back in time to meet Mary Sherman Morgan, who was uh, a rocket scientist and helped NASA launch their first satellite into space. In this book that's just coming out this spring, Ash and Baz meet Hedy Lamar, who we all know is a famous actress, but was also a really great inventor. And she did a lot of work which helped contributed to Wi-Fi and mm-hmm. Bluetooth and GPS. I read that somewhere. Yeah, if we didn't have Hedy Lamar, the very, you're right, famous and gorgeous film star, we wouldn't, you know, Wi-Fi and all kinds of telecommunications things. Who knew? I know, right? I know. And it's really cool because the kids are actually doing coding in the class activity and they go back and they, in real time with Hedy, learn about coding and they also learn about gender equity back in the day when, you know, all the guys are saying, hey, you're just an actress, stay in your lane, do your thing. 
But Hetty kept trying, and she did a lot for the war effort. She did a lot for her fellow actresses as well and actors. And then the Ash and Baz use what they learn back in time to go forward, and they apply it to their class activity. And I've actually, you know, being me, I want everything to have added value. All the activities in the books can actually be replicated at home. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So that kids, teachers, librarians, they can read the books, but then they can actually do the activities. And there's a very cool appendix at the back, which gives like mini biographies of Hetty and George Antheil. And was this real? Did this really happen? Cool. Yeah. So this is a great book, as you mentioned, for sort of, you know, the chapter book reader, if you have grandkids that age. So Mm -hmm. because you're an expert on all things kids' books and and, uh, young adults, so what recommendations do you have for some books coming out for ones that are, you know, a little bit more advanced than that? Absolutely. You know, I, I will always point people towards the Forest of Reading because that is the largest recreational reading program in Canada. Canada, and it's voted on by kids. So kids right now are actually doing the voting for the Forest of Reading for this year. And there are some excellent titles. All the titles on the on that list are amazing. Um, and they're all Canadian created. So we want to support Canadian uh, children's literature creators. Mm-hmm. So for grades three to six, I recommend The Stone Child by David A. Robertson. It's an indigenous middle grade series, and he's a really popular author, does really great things. For um, grades four to eight, I really like Joyce Grant's Can You Believe It? It's a nonfiction book, but it tells, it helps kids learn what is the difference between real news and fake news. And kids nowadays, they're seeing the TVs and they're hearing a lot about what's going on and they don't always know which sources to trust. And I think that that's a really interesting book for kids who are interested in the news or who are working on projects and they need to figure out, is this a real source or not a real source? And it's done in a very fun way. For grades seven to eight, I really like Sorry for Your Loss by Joanne Levy. It's an interesting middle-grade book about a child who grows up in their family's funeral home business. Wow. And, and (laughs) you know, he deals a lot of things with family and friendships and loss and, and that sort of thing. And for teenage YA high school, Valerie Sherrard has come out with a book called Standing on Neptune. And I've, I've read it recently. It's really interesting because it's a YA book, but it's written in verse. Okay. And so it's a really page-turning read. You don't often see books in verse for mm-hmm. high school students anymore. No, no. And it's a it's a really interesting book to have on a on a library shelf for Is kids. It besides Shakespeare, maybe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? In verse. These are great because, you know, we have grandkids of all different ages and of course we want to inspire by reading to them with some of your earlier books, but as they work through um, some of the chapter books and into the Y fiction, which adults enjoy also. So we can read them at the same time and have great conversations with our grandkids about them. And you can even do like a book flex thing where read the book, watch the movie. Because oh, Divergent idea. by Veronica Roth and Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. You can have the kids read the books and then you can watch the movie together. I love all of this. Thank you so much, Carolyn. This is such great information. If we want to find out about Carolyn's books, we can go to carolynfernandez.ca. You're also on social media, of course, Instagram and Twitter under Parent Club. We can find you there. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Smiley Buckland is a dad, a grandfather, the retired chairman and CEO of Johns Manville, Canada, a pilot, and now an actor. 
Good morning, Smiley Buckland. Thanks so much for coming on Go To Grandma this morning. My pleasure, Kathy. So I've known you, Smiley, for a while. I'm good friends with your kids and their kids. And I know that for a long time, you've been taking your granddaughters and grandsons on special days. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, they are called special days, but it's uh, not my creation. <laughs> it's uh, It was adopted. My girlfriend-partner has used the name with a special days uh, signature for what she used to do with her grandkids. And uh, so I adopted it, and it's uh, highly recommended. No parents involved. And uh, as I say to the kids, each time there are no, there's only one rule, and that's there's no rules. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's what grandparents are for sometimes, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I know your two granddaughters in particular quite well. What were the types of things that you might do with them? And do you take them together, alone? How does it work? Well, this all started taking my grandkids when they were about three. Uh, my wife and I would take them out, but together, you know, not single mm-hmm. like I'm suggesting now. And we'd go to the zoo or, or Center Island, you know, watch the ducks or the geese or whatever, uh, marine land maybe, uh, go to the park, uh, teach them how to ride a bike, that kind of thing. And then it gradually progressed from there. And as they got a little older, and, of course, in the meantime, my wife had died, so I started my own special days. And the definition of my special days is a 24-hour bonding experience with your grandkids and doing this in an age-appropriate way, mm-hmm. one-on-one, uh, never more than one-on-one. And it starts with a, uh, a sleepover, mm-hmm. pick them up the night before, and they come to my place and have a sleepover. They have the breakfast of their choice which is almost always grandpa's homemade waffles. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go out for the day, and, of course, the day is always, it has to be a mystery. They have no idea what they're doing. And so I get a lot of bugging about, you know, where are we going, grandpa, and what are we going to be doing? And I say, well, I can't tell you, but, you know, you'll see when we get there. And uh, so we go out for the day and then uh, have dinner, uh, after the day is over, and then home that night. So what types of things, might activities, would you be taking them to? Well, as I said, it's all age-appropriate, but it, it goes from Science Centre, Ontario mm-hmm. Place, the ROM, and we've gone to theatre, mm-hmm. you know, regular theatre, uh, horseback riding, Hockey Hall of Fame, CN Tower, CNE, Medieval times, gliding, golfing, indoor skydiving, which is called the iFly. Wow. You're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. African lion safari. And, of course, each Christmas I deviate from the regular routine, and I take all of them, all four of them, every year to the Ross Petty pantomime. Oh, nice. We're so sad that ended this year. Um, we'll <laughs> yeah. have to find, we did the same thing with our kids. Smiley, it's obviously so important for you to connect with your grandkids. Why is that? What do you think it's brought to both of your lives? Well, it's the bonding thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get to really go one-on-one with your grandkids for 24 hours. And, of course, they think it's their special day, but it's really mine. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And they're in their 20s now, you know, your grandkids, right? So, And uh, you're still doing this, I assume. Uh, no, we're not, actually. Uh, we oh. cut it off uh, when they went away to university. Yeah. Oh, and they got uh, busy doing so many other things and girlfriends and boyfriends and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
we cut it off there, but we continued doing the Ross Petty thing mm-hmm. until that was over. So I know what you also do, though, and your days are not empty, of course. You're quite a busy guy. And one of the things that you've picked up recently, or maybe it's not so recently, you can tell me, is acting. Can you tell me about that chapter of your life? I've been involved in local amateur theater most of my adult life. It was called the Credit Valley Dramatic Society out of Port Credit. Mm-hmm. And when I retired... As I say to anybody who's thinking of retirement, you need a plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, well, I was doing some consulting. I was doing, uh, my wife and I had a uh, a 10-year travel plan, and I had some boards I was on. And I decided that, you know what, it would be fun if I just continued acting, but I turned pro. Mm-hmm. So I got an agent. And nice. Initially, I did a little bit of background work, and then I said, you know what, you always have to look over the fence to see what's next. So I decided that I would seriously go get an agent that would give me uh, principal parts. So I've done uh, commercial work and movies and print. Print, as you may know, is um, I may be on the back of a bus or in a magazine <laughs> yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, done that, and the last uh, movie was last year with uh, Neil Patrick Harris called The 8-Bit Christmas. That was my last uh, project. It's very cool. Yeah. This is all for fun, of course, not for profit. Right, right, exactly. And as you mentioned, and we've talked to a lot of um, folks on this show about retirement, and you're absolutely right. The planning is really key, really doing what your passion is, what you want to do. And the only reason I have fun doing it is because... I do it because I want to, because not because I need to. And so, therefore, I can be more confident, and I, therefore, I get roles. I love all your stories about your special days. As I said, I do know a couple of your grandkids quite well. And I know that they do enjoy those days as much as you do, if not more. Thank you for sharing that with us today, Smiley. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. April is the month where Canadians finally can say it's spring. Unseasonal snow flurries have ended, buds on the trees are bursting forth into greenery, and flowers are beginning to bloom. Another sure sign of spring. For sale signs are once again popping up around the neighborhood as homeowners try to take advantage of what is typically the busiest home selling and buying season of the year. According to RBC's recent home ownership poll, though, we may not be seeing a typical spring season. Findings from this annual poll highlight the uncertainty that's driving the home buying decisions of many Canadians as they grapple with interest rates, inflation, and a possible recession this year. My next guest, Nick Pellucci, is Senior Director, Home Equity Finance at RBC, the team behind the annual home ownership poll, joining us today to go through some of this poll's insights. Good morning, Nick. Thanks so much for being a part of our Take 5 with RBC interview series. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it. So, Nick, could you tell us a bit more about the effect uncertainty is having on Canadians as they navigate today's housing market? Yeah, definitely. Throughout the poll, we saw that sentiment around affordability and uncertainty and and, uh, that sentiment from from Canadians. And, you know, overall, I would say that Canadians still believe that purchasing real estate is is a really good thing to do. But, uh, you know, uh, the sentiment we're seeing in the poll is, uh, you know, we've definitely moved from a more balanced uh, market away from the seller's market that we've seen over the past few years. Uh, but this, this sentiment around uncertainty with uh, the shift in uh, with the rapid shift in home prices that we've seen in pretty well every market across Canada. And there's still uncertainty around uh, rates and the economy. And so we're seeing that in our polling results. You know, the poll found that about a quarter of our respondents are unsure about the type of market that we're in. And uh, 18% don't really know if it's a great time to buy. 
Uh, and we also saw, um, you know, concern around a recession where 75% of the respondents are telling us that they're worried about an upcoming uh, recession and about 26% of them are, are thinking about buying a home later uh, due to the possibility of, uh, of an upcoming recession. So, you know, positive around sort of the home market and, and real estate market overall, you know, real estate as an idea overall, but definitely a sentiment around affordability and uncertainty that's across the, the minds of Canadians uh, to our survey. But it's not all bad news. I noticed in your poll, people also talked about signs of optimism. Um, can you explain what's driving that? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's interesting, actually, what we're seeing, what we call pre-first-time home buyer. These are individuals who haven't bought a home yet, but are planning toward one or, or um, saving toward one within the next two years. And so our poll found that 78% of these pre-first-time home buyers uh, said that they're currently in a better position to buy a home compared to previous years, where they saw, you know, rapid pr- price appreciation over the past, you know, several years and maybe feeling out of the market, this, this change in price that we've seen in, again, pretty well every market across Canada, has seen this window open up for these pre-first-time home buyers. So like 68% of them are, are reporting that, um, you know, it's finally going to allow them to get into the, um, to the housing market, even with the higher interest rates. So it's really this pre-first-time home buyer segment that we see this positive sentiment around. And so, you know, even though they've had these tough few years, uh, trying to get into the market with these huge price increases, they, they see this window of opportunity. What I'd add on, though, too, what we saw through the poll is that, you know, they really, there's a sentiment about a window of opportunity where about 31% of them think that it won't be long-lived where we see that this price compression across the country. And, um, you know, 42% of them feel like there's almost really no end to what prices will, will get to once they do turn around. So, you know, I don't think that the price increases that we've seen in 2021 or 2022 for sure um, but definitely this, this window. So the pre-first-time buyer sees this opportunity with the lower prices, but it feel, there's also this feeling of like it's not going to last forever. Uh, so this window of time for them to, to get in. Makes sense. And, and we all know, you know, that the bank of mom and dad is often a part of the equation when yeah. younger generations are looking to buy that first home. You know, has that changed at all in today's environment? And what's your advice to Canadians who hope to buy their first home? I mean, your crystal ball, right, is now the right time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I've been in the mortgage business for, for quite a long time in, 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 the, in the bank. And, you know, the bank of mom and dad, as we <laughs> call it, uh, has been around for a long time. And that, that's always been there. And so, you know, families helping families to purchase a home is, is not new. Interestingly, what we've seen through this through the poll, though, is that uh, a drop in that percentage where families that were, are willing to help family members from a financial perspective, and likely because of some of that recession concern for them themselves, uh, or you know the affordability uncertainty that they're seeing for themselves, so to give you know mm-hmm. uh, the, the, to give money over. But what, what's interesting though is the amount of money that they're willing to give has gone up quite a bit that we see through the poll from about fifty-seven thousand to sixty-eight thousand. So you know, uh, quite, a, uh, quite a healthy helping from family members. The, the other place where family members really help out is one is financial. The other is maybe the offshoot of the financial is letting them live with them or mm-hmm. sort of the, that non-financial help, uh, maybe where they'll, you know, come live with family members and, and save up money. So we're still seeing that coming in at 47 or almost 50% of family willing to help out other family members in this non, sort of non-financial direct way. So, you know, family still plays a big role. And has for a long time and continues to, to, to do that, even though we've seen a bit of a dip this year with some concerns they have on their mind. You know, from, from um, you know, advice that I would give, 
you know, my tip has always been for anyone who's in the in the real estate, you know, they already own real estate or are thinking of getting into real estate, is speak to a, a mortgage professional. Absolutely. Like, that's always been very, very important. Uh, it doesn't matter what year that would have been, but I would say never so important as, as it is today. You know, with some of that uncertainty, the, the, the mortgage professionals, real estate professionals in your area will really understand your market well. Your mortgage professional will help you understand your finances and, and to a detailed level to really understand what, you know, what it costs to maintain and service the home and also maintain that lifestyle that, that people would like to maintain as they, um, you know, they buy that home. So that detailed plan, create a plan. It's never too early if you're thinking about buying or selling or transacting in any way in real estate, reach out to the professionals that are out there. They do this every day and we'll be able to help uh, guide you rather than just stick to sort of headlines that, that uh, Canadians might be reading. I think it's really important to get that tailored individual advice from, from the professionals that are out there. Absolutely. And for more information, of course, we can go to rbcroyalbank.com slash mortgages. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much, Kat. Thanks for having me on. The simplest toy, one which even the youngest child can operate, is called a grandparent. Sam Levinson. I always say that this show is about fun and facts, but don't grandparents exemplify this very thing? Thanks to Carolyn and Smiley for reminding us that we can be the fun grandparents, having done our job as the decidedly and necessarily so unfun parents when our own kids were growing up. Ah, the joys of being a grandparent. I highly encourage this lifestyle. Next week on Go to Grandma, Mother's Day is fast approaching and wine expert and author Natalie McLean is back to recommend some wines for a great celebration of all things mom and grandma and to tell us about her new book, Wine Witch on Fire, rising from the ashes of divorce, defamation and drinking too much. She'll tell me what compelled her to write this very personal and raw memoir and what she hopes readers take away from it. Maybe your daughter or daughter-in-law just became or is becoming a new mom just in time for Mother's Day, and you're a new grandma or granddad. Congratulations to you both. Maybe you're thinking of helping to set up the nursery at their house or have an extra one at yours. Do you know what a perfect baby crib setup should be? When my first grandson was born three years ago, I was surprised by the many changes which have taken place. Do you know about sleep sacks, blackout windows, crib tents? We're going to go to the best for advice on what to do when sleep expert Alana McGinn comes back on the show to give us the 411 on 2023 crib setup. Our Take 5 with RBC interview looks at the logistics of wealth transfer. As always, our RBC experts provide you with the financial advice you need now. Thanks for tuning in today, either on Zoomer Radio or on your favorite podcast. If you get a minute to give us a review and or rating, we would love that. And it would help other grandparents find their way to this grand community. I'm Kathy Buckworth. You've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.